Hey, hey, I'm Michael and welcome to The Good People Effect. They say to grow, you must first surround yourself with the right people. Well, not everyone has access to the right people right now. So The Good People Effect is a podcast that surrounds you with these awesome humans to help you grow as a person. So ignite your sense of purpose, explore your inner creativity, follow that adventurous spirit and get motivated to start becoming the best version of you through a regular dose of The Good People Effect. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Good People Effect podcast. I haven't thrown out a podcast in a while and we're back. We're back, baby, and we're going to be launching and hitting it hard. So the Good People Effect is all about surrounding you and me with the right people to help us both grow so that we can go through this journey kind of growing and learning um, at a faster pace. So the three areas that I'm focusing on on this podcast are creativity, adventure, and purpose. And today's guest hits all of them up really, really strongly. So her name's Carly Jacobs and she's actually got her own podcast for self-improvement junkies and it's called Straight and Curly. So if you haven't heard about this podcast, they do experiments uh, with their health and they, and they go on these personal growth journeys along with their listeners. So if you haven't heard of, heard of this podcast, you definitely need to check it out. But today's chat with Carly, we're actually touch on topics like health, looking at self-improvement as a journey rather than, rather than just kind of like a one-time thing, social media and technology detoxes and how to go about doing those. And, you know, moving forward and looking at morning routines, we just go over a heap of stuff that are, that is really going to help you grow as a person. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, before we move on to the podcast, though, I've recently sold all my things and I'm traveling around the world slowly uh, and creatively and mindfully and spiritually. So if that's what you might be into, then I'm recording my whole journey on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Today Dreamer. It's all one word, T-O-D-A-Y, Dreamer on YouTube. So please check out my channel, show me some support, show me some love. It'll only take you a few moments. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to have you guys back with me. I'm excited to be pushing out some more podcasts. And without further ado, here's my chat with Carly. Thanks for coming on the show today, Carly. I really do appreciate uh, you being here. I've listened to your podcast before and I really enjoy it. Um, I'm really in the personal growth and development space at the moment. And I'm doing a couple of projects uh, based in that space. So I'm really keen to have a chat with you today. Uh, so could you start by maybe telling us a little bit about the Straight and Curly podcast and how it all began? Of course. So I am a freelance writer, blogger and internet type person. I started blogging at smaggle.com. Oh, it's close to 11 years ago now. And um, Kelly Exeter is my co-host of Straight and Curly. <clears throat> Sorry, pardon me, frog in my throat. Um, and we were both writing in the self-improvement space, uh, writing things about, you know, food and organisation, exercise, mental health, that kind of stuff. And then a few years ago, we just kind of, we've sort of been wanting to work together for quite some time. And then all of a sudden we just kind of went, well, why don't we start a podcast? Because we both wanted to podcast. We had a lot of stuff that we wanted to chat about and she covers slightly different stuff to me. And yeah, it was just a really natural progression in our kind of, because we were professionally sort of side by side for so many years. And then it just felt like a natural thing to just join for. And so we did that two years ago and um, it'll be three years in uh, next January, actually. That's a, that's a really long time. It seems like you've, um, do you feel like you have, <laughs> have grown a lot since you began this? And do you think that the process of starting a podcast about this topic has helped you in any way? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's the reason why we started doing it because even though I'm, I'm still blogging at smaggle.com uh, and that's, a, you know, life improvement style blog. And even though my traffic hasn't dropped and I'm still getting just as much engagement and um, sorry, just as much traffic, the engagement has dropped off quite a lot on the actual blog itself. So uh, I think that's kind of true of most blogs in most industries. Uh, most of the conversations that happen around the writing that I do on Smaggle happens on Facebook or through Instagram. So there's not a lot actually happening on the blog. And I also found that particularly with podcasts, it's just this different level of super engaged audiences. So when I'm doing questions, like, because I have people ask me questions about stuff that I've put out that week. Most of the questions that I field each week come from straight and curly listeners. They'll be like, oh, what was that awesome movie that you mentioned? Or what was that cool kitchen gadget that you were talking about? And that kind of interaction dropped off a few years ago with the blog. So it's really interesting having that kind of um, engagement back again. And also as a hardcore podcast listener, I really feel way more connected to the people that I listen to on podcasts than I do the people whose blogs I read. Does yeah, that make sense? For sure. So you're a hardcore podcast listener. That's interesting. Any recommendations? Yes. Uh, not necessarily in self-improvement. I don't listen to a lot of self-improvement podcasts. Uh, there's a great one by Yumi Steins called Ladies We Need to Talk. And it's basically about, you know, women's stuff, but it's just cool, like, you know, pregnancy and uh, motherhood and mental health and divorce and dating and stuff like that. And it's very, very funny. They have a lot of good guests on it. Uh, I also love the Guilty Feminist podcast, um, which sounds really, really heavy, but it's actually really, really funny. It's uh, by a British comedian, uh, Deborah Francis White, and she's hilarious. And I also love true crime podcasts. They're the ones that kind of get the most work out on my podcast app. Okay. So coming back to personal um, development and growth and improving yourself, um, do you feel like um, there's anything over the, over the years, over all your conversations that's been like a common theme or something that's come up repeatedly? I think one thing that comes up repeatedly is just how it's a never ending journey of self-improvement. I think people have to get over that barrier of, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do this boot camp and then my fitness will be sorted, or I'm going to follow this diet for eight weeks and then, you know, I'll, I'll be really healthy again. I think people look at self-improvement sometimes in terms of quick fixes or uh, things that you do for a period of time and then whatever it is that you're doing is fixed. Um, and also I think people look for answers all the time and there kind of aren't any answers. So I've written a lot about uh, diets and weight loss because I struggle quite a lot with my weight um, and I have done for years. I, I mean, like I'm winning the battle, but I have to reiterate to people that I, you know, I mean, like I, I'm a very average sized person, but I constantly reiterate to people that I don't look like this by accident. I work very, very hard to look like a girl who enjoys a good feed. So a, a lot of my readers have been on that journey with me as well. And I'll find a diet that works for a bit and then I'll change to something else. And I'll get a lot of questions being like, oh, but I thought that was really working. And the whole point is that, yes, it was working for that period of time. It's no longer working now. So I'm moving on to something else. So it's it's much more of a journey than it is finding the particular answers to things. And that is a huge thing that comes up with people and people being comfortable with learning a thing and then unlearning it and finding new ways to do something that was working in the past that is no longer working now. 
Yeah, I think life's all about that. Life's like, I guess, all about adapting to change and kind of moving with the flow of things. And if something's not working, then trying something else until, you know, and, and learning from your mistakes till you figure it out. And I, I totally agree with what you said in terms of, you know, there's no quick fix for anything. And, and um, I really personally really believe in consistency over intensity anyways. So I, I think that if you can make something fun and, and look at it as a long-term kind of thing, rather than a short-term fix, then you're going to get much better results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how could it, I guess it all begins with like a keystone habit, right? So um, you create one habit and then you move on and you build on that. But once you've got the discipline down and you kind of know um, the way to do it, then things become easier as they go. And that first step's always the hardest. So how can people make it easier for themselves to create a good habit in the first place and eliminate bad ones in your opinion? I think the best thing to start with is health, always health. We, uh, Kelly and I recorded an episode quite recently on the four burners theory where you have, uh, you have to imagine your life as a stovetop burner and there are four different burners. There's health, family, work and friends. So those are the four burners and you can only have one burner on effectively or you can have two on less effectively and then every time you add another burner it decreases the power of the other burners so it's just basically a theory about how to balance life and how to not burn out one burner and um, yeah be unable to light it again and one of my theories is that I think if you find a way to get your health burner burning without much effort and without much maintenance, then it's much easier to deal with the rest of your burners. So I, I spent a lot of my time coming up with a really good plan of eating well and exercising to the point where it's just a no brainer now. So I go to the gym five to six times a week and I have a very solid diet plan that I just stick to all the time and I don't even have to think about it anymore. And I just think that if people can really nail their health, that is the one thing that will really, really set them up for being able to succeed at other things. Okay, so if someone's a smoker and they're a little bit overweight and they go to gym maybe once or twice a week or maybe not at all, how do they start this? How do they start the plan? How do they get the information? And like, what's the first step? Because that's usually the hardest one, right? It is, yeah. The, the first thing to do is to start with one thing. You won't be able to fix, you won't be able to quit smoking, start eating really well and start increasing your fitness all in one go. Uh, in that particular person's case, I would definitely start with the quitting of the smoking. Um, and that is definitely something that is doable. Um, I actually used to be a social smoker, which is just not aligned with who I am in any way, shape or form. But uh, I was actually able to quit like five years ago. And I was never, to be honest, I was never a proper everyday kind of smoker. It was just like a have a cheeky cigarette with my girlfriends on a Saturday night kind of a thing. And I'd go months without smoking, but then I would, you know, go out with some mates and party and have like five cigarettes. Um, and it just got to the point where I was thinking, this is disgusting. It's not who I am at all. And I was going to the gym like five or six times a week and, you know, really like just health across the board in all other ways. And I was thinking this is really not on brand. So, um, yeah, I just, and it, you know, it was actually a little bit harder to, to quit than I thought it was going to be, but I actually gave myself a year. I was like, if 
I can quit smoking for a year. In a year's time, I can have another cigarette. And I just didn't. In a year's time, I didn't feel like it. And it's been five years now. So yeah, I'm not one of those, you know, you can be healthy. You can do it too. People who has just, you know, been born with a silver health spoon in my mouth. Like I've gone through a lot of the challenges that a lot of other people go through as well. And it is 100% doable. So yeah, I would start with the quitting of the smoking, then get your eating under control, particularly if um, weight loss is a focus. Uh, 80% of weight loss happens in the kitchen. Um, And so once you start doing that, it makes it easier to then move on to exercise and incorporate that. So in that particular instance, that's what I'd recommend for that person. And I feel like once your body's in order and once your health is kind of on point, well, at least um, better than where it was, then a lot of other things start following in your life and you get more motivation, you get more energy and you just feel like, I don't know, um, doing more with your life. I feel like a lot of these kind of things are quick and easy dopamine hits, but they really um, bring down um, what you could be doing and how passionately you could be living your life. That's my personal belief. I completely agree. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's easy to get these little fixes, but they become like addictions rather than, um, you know, uh, time spent well, you know, because you've only got one life. So why not live it as best as you can? And I think it all starts with your body and, and feeling balanced with um, and just feeling connected to your body as well. Like I know yoga and meditation really helps for me and a lot of other people I know and, and uh, your diet. And like you said, getting rid of the bad habits. So um, what are in regards to, so that's like habits and positive ones and negative ones, but in regards to like time management, because this is something I struggle with sometimes, I'm going to be honest. I, um, I, sometimes I really do really well, but other times I fail to stick to my routines. So do you have any kind of tips for time management and helping people grow in that department? Definitely. I think one of the biggest issues these days is social media. It sucks up so much time. So I've been, uh, recently I've, I've found on the new iOS iPhone release for those of you that are iPhone users, there is under the settings section, there's a screen time little section and you click on it and it shows you how much time you've spent on social media in the last week. Oh, dude, it is so bad. And I mean, I'm the type of person who concentrates really, really heavily on not spending too much time on Facebook. To be fair, for my job, I do need to spend quite a lot of time on there because I run a crochet school. That's um, It's at crochetcoach.com and I've got a, uh, a group that's attached to that as well. So there's constantly people in there asking for advice on patterns and things. So I, I pop in sort of, you know, every couple of hours and just make sure that's cruising and, um, you know, we've got the straight and curly group. So I'm in there a lot, but if I go for a walk in the afternoon, um, I will always leave my phone at home. And after dinner, I put my phone on the charger and I don't touch it until the next morning. And with all of these good habits in place, I still spent 29 hours on Facebook last week. That's like a whole working week. It's, it's insane. So, and I'm a low user, like in my industry, I'm a very low Facebook user. So that's a great tool for looking at, and you can actually block yourself out of uh, apps now. So you can choose the apps that you can't use on your phone and it will lock you out of them. There's also a fabulous app that I use called self-control that blocks you out of Facebook on your desktop. Uh, There's another one I think called cold Turkey that's for uh, PCs. Um, But there are some amazing tools 
out there for blocking yourself out of um, social media, which can be a, a huge time suck. I mean, if you've ever had that kind of thing where, you know, you get home from work and you flop down on the couch and, and you start scrolling through Facebook and then, you know, 45 minutes later, you've just wasted all of that time. Um, so yeah, th- those type of things are really, really good. Yeah, even, even, even like checking yourself into like a, a week long social media detox or even having like a day without your phone. And that might sound crazy to some people, but I feel like things like that, those kind of things that sound radical when they're really not that bad, uh, could really, really help out. Uh, I really, I'm planning on doing one soon. Actually, I'm planning on doing a whole week without my phone and just going like I'm traveling at the moment. So I'll be traveling, just using guidebooks. And I'm really looking forward to the, I don't know, just the, the fresher, the breath, breath of fresh air and just kind of relaxing without it. And I really do feel like we're addicted to our phones these days and the problem's only getting worse. So yeah, those kind of apps sound, sound amazing. And even like a detox would be a, would be a cool thing to try out. I mean, I love these kind of things. Like you, you experiment with your diet, you experiment with, you know, um, your social media use, you experiment when trying these different things out. And that's how you find, you know, uh, your true self or how you align yourself with your values when you connect with something, you know, not everything you try might work out, but I feel like if you're open to different things, open to new, new ways of thinking and new ways of doing things and sooner or later things are going to stick, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We actually have an episode uh, in Straight and Curly about digital detoxes and Kelly and I each went without um, our phones or any internet from nine o'clock on a Friday to nine o'clock on a Sunday. And um, yeah, there were some really interesting insights in there and I loved it. I thought it was great. I Really? So it, what it, happened? It was what, wonderful. How'd you feel well, afterwards? Well, I, <laughs> we had to, I, I kept TV in mind. So like I wasn't allowed to download anything um, or watch Netflix, but I could watch whatever was on TV or anything that I already had, um, anything that I already had um, available, I could watch. Um, but if I, I just had to pre-plan. So if I wanted to cook something, I had to download the recipe before the weekend. I really quite liked um, how much I had to plan ahead for things. And also just uh, like maps and stuff was it was my biggest challenge. So I had to drive because we were at um, a farm for the weekend. We were driving somewhere else. So I had to just get a Gregory's and figure out – oh, sorry, a Gregory's is like a New South Wales map book thing. So I had to get that and, yeah, figure out how to get there just like using a map. It was crazy. But I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been very tough. Um but it would have been very rewarding. So that's that's the digital detox side of things. And in regards to like uh, efficiency and not only time management, but improving how efficient you are, do you have any kind of tips for me on that? I'm just like asking you for tips for everything right now because I'm like so happy to have you on the show and I think why not just ask you as many questions as I've got. So do you have any tips on uh, being a more efficient human? I think uh, efficiency, a lot of people get stuck on that because they're perfectionists and if they're not going to do it properly, then why bother doing it at all? I think done is better than perfect is one of the best sentences that we'll get 
anyone through the day. A lot of people will, you know, put off cleaning their house because they think they have to spend a whole six hours going into every nook and cranny and making sure that everything is sparkling clean and, you know, like mum clean, like how clean your mum cleans the house. You don't need to do that. You just need to set a timer for two hours or one hour if that's all you've got and just nail it. It's the same with bill paying. Like people really put off doing any sort of banking or finance stuff. Set yourself a timer one hour, write down all of the things that you need to get done and then just tick them off and and get them done. I'm also a really big fan of rewards. So, you know, for me, listening to a podcast is a reward. So I will, you know, do a task that I don't want to do and reward myself with, you know, the latest episode of, you know, my favorite murder, which is my favorite podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm big into rewards, big into timers, um, and also big into just, just getting shit done and not worrying about it being 100% perfect, just getting it done. Yeah, I feel like I really resonate with that. I felt like that with the podcast when I first started it and now I'm starting this new YouTube series which is all about self-improvement and living a more adventurous life and I'm I'm feeling the same way with that. I mean, it's kind of like that artist curse. You could spend forever on that painting but sooner or later it's going to have to be completed, right? So it's good when you set yourself some boundaries to begin with. What about, so you said you're big on rewards. What about consequences that you impose on yourself if you don't achieve something? Less, well, I think it's really important for people to think about their future selves where, where a, a lot of us are very into instant gratification and don't spend a lot of time thinking so far into the future. And that's how people kind of get stuck into the frame of mind of, um, you know, not exercising and not eating well because they're living in the moment right now and they want to go to the pub and have a plate of chips and a pint of beer and skip the gym, which is completely fine to do every now and then. But it's when you start making that decision every day that it ends up adding up and you end up sabotaging your future self for your current self. Um, I'm big into my future self and uh, that was actually one of the big turning points uh, in terms of exercise with me because exercise comes up constantly. People hate it. They don't want to go to the gym. They don't like running. They don't like getting sweaty. Um, A lot of people, I get a lot of people saying, where are these magical endorphins I'm supposed to get from this exercise? I never get them. Um, And it's a, it's a huge thing. And I, I'm a self-confessed, very lazy. I'm a, I was a naturally lazy kid growing up and getting me out of the house and getting me to do stuff was just impossible. I liked to read. I liked to do craft. And if you wanted me to climb a tree, I'd be like, yeah, good luck, buddy. I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I reframed exercise around how it makes me feel. So I don't exercise for weight loss. And as soon as I stopped focusing the reason why I exercised on weight loss, it changed everything. Because if I exercise first thing in the morning, I am a different person that day. And I, tracked for a full month how I felt and how productive I was on days that I exercised in the morning versus days that I didn't exercise and they were worlds apart it was and my partner also notices when I exercise versus when I don't exercise he'll be like oh my god you are just a completely different person on days that you exercise and so when I get when I wake up in the morning and at 6am and it's freezing and I don't want to get into the car it's not a matter of if I don't, if I skip the gym today, it's not going to make that much of a difference to my weight. That's not a question I ask myself anymore because 
you, you can talk yourself into staying in bed. You're like, oh, I don't care. That one extra kilo doesn't matter anyway. But if it's a difference between you having an amazing day and you having a really rubbish day, that will get you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I feel like there's, uh, there's so many interesting points to touch on there. So first of all, you mentioned your future self, right? So I think uh, I was listening to this talk recently and it was about this guy had a really interesting perception of things and he was saying how you have two versions of yourself. You have that version that lives in the now and you have that more, I guess, logical version that thinks about the future self. But a lot of the times you allow the person, the fun, exciting, in the moment person to take over and eat that uh, chicken parma with the chips and the beer um, every single day and it gets a bit out of control. And he was actually saying that one way out of that, so it's one way to quit smoking or break a habit is to actually uh, treat it like a, like you're a werewolf and um, you notice when you're about to turn into that werewolf and you need to f- uh, prepare for that and uh, like tie yourself to a bed, so to speak, so that you don't actually <laughs> kill the whole village and then um, realistically kill yourself in the future. Because everything we do really does come back to us in the long run. I mean, smoking, drinking, everything has a negative effect um, everything that has a negative effect will come back to us later on. It's kind of like we're paying for it later to live in the moment. But a lot of the time, those moments aren't as great as we really think they are. So it is pretty interesting. Um, and what you were saying, uh, <laughs> there's so many points you just mentioned there. I didn't even know where to begin. <laughs> um, getting up earlier, getting yourself out of bed and doing the things that you don't want to do shows discipline. And I think that um, creates like neural co- connections in your brain. And the more you do them and the more you go to the gym when you don't feel like it, the easier it becomes And the more you don't go to the gym when you don't feel like it, the easier that habit becomes as well. So it's very important to notice those micro moments and make the right choice, even if you don't feel like it. It's a discipline's a big thing, isn't it? Discipline is a huge thing. And I'm kind of of the school that discipline doesn't really, uh, no, sorry, it's motivation that doesn't really exist. Uh, People who get up in the morning and exercise aren't actually more motivated than people who don't. The difference is, is that they just do it. That's the thing. There's no, they don't have a magical motivation gland or, you know, that they, they, they didn't read some book that made them get out of bed. It's just, they, they just got out of bed and did it. So it's, um, which is great. That's fantastic news because it means that the barrier to actually doing that stuff is much, much lower than people think because people like to project onto other people and say, oh, but they're just more motivated than me. It's like, no, they're just doing a thing and you're not doing a thing. That's the only difference. Um, once you begin something. Um, how do you how do you stop yourself from drifting off the course? You know what I mean. I think you need to really check in with yourself and notice how these good habits are actually changing your life, and realize how important they actually are. So um, it and it takes years. Like it takes a really really long time to be able to to do that. But um, exercise, sleep, and food are incredibly important to me. Um, and uh, my, my, my partner does all the same sort of stuff as me as well. So we, we're very much on the same page with um, how we live our lives. And we prioritize that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, I, I love a drink as much as the next person. My partner actually doesn't drink because he has um, suffers from really bad migraines. So um, he actually can't drink. But, um, you know, I, I love to have a couple of glasses of wine on a Saturday night. Um, but, you know, you, it, it's just about making that happen once a month instead of every single week instead of every single weekend and not looking at it as missing out on you know 
having drinks and stuff, but looking at it as, you know, adding positive space to your life and, you know, being able to spend your Sunday doing something amazing rather than feeling disgusting and hungover. If that happens to you every week, <laughs> just, um, yeah, be, being able to look at the positives of, um, of refraining from drinking too much alcohol. And we do have a massive, massive alcohol problem in Australia. It's huge. Yeah. It's out of control. So when when having a drink, like if you're having a drink and you you say, you know, you love a drink on a Saturday night, um, do you think it's like kind of dangerous to put so much beauty, like connect so much beauty to something? In, in Do you get what I mean? Like do you think that um, saying, like I find this, I find like I'm like this sometimes, like, oh, I really like savor this glass of wine. I'm really enjoying the wine, which kind of in turn means that I'm enjoying a moment in my life, which is a good thing. But then if I attach too much enjoyment to it, then I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, And then if I don't get it, I'm disappointed. And then if I get it and I love it, I can't stop thinking about another one. So... Yeah, I'm in a funny place with alcohol at the moment because I'm actually pregnant, so I'm not drinking alcohol at the moment. And, Congratulations! Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I, I'm, and, and I'm not actually missing it day to day because I never used to drink a lot anyway. But I did have like a once a month kind of thing where I'd hang out with some friends and play board games and socialize. So I think it's kind of more of a cultural thing in Australia. Um, I. I'm missing the kind of cultural ceremony of drinking rather than the actual drinking itself. Um, yeah. yeah. What's so your favorite yeah, board okay. game just quickly? Oh gosh, that's, um, hang on. There's one that I really like that I've, uh, it's called code names. It's really good. It's a, that's it's, a good game. Uh, that's good for, uh, actually good for a few drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It's heaps of fun. So we, I, I bought that last year and we were playing it uh, with my partner's family over Christmas. His grandma got addicted to it. Every night she was like, oh, can we, can we play that game? Can we play that game? It was very, very cute. Um, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with um, deriving pleasure from something and particularly using wine as an example is is really good. Uh because you you kind of go through, particularly if you're an Australian, you go through all these different phases of drinking. You go through the drinking to get drunk phase of your early 20s. And then, you know, once you get a bit older, you kind of start to appreciate. Like I hated wine growing up. And then I moved to Melbourne and then started really liking wine. And now I really, really like wine. Uh, and I'm finding myself being way more fussy about the type of wine that I drink and I'd rather drink you know two glasses of really really beautiful expensive wine than drink a whole bottle of something nasty so I think as long as you're seeking out something pleasurable that um is like the highest quality of that pleasurable thing it's the same with food I mean you know you stay away from the passion pop is what you're saying exactly exactly (laughs) so I met someone recently and she was staying in Mendoza which is like um where they produce a lot of Malbec and she was talking to me about the intricacies of how they create the wine and grow the grapes and pick the grapes and how everything has to be just right. And when they get the perfect crop, how they celebrate, it's a beautiful moment and how much she's learned about wine. Um, and it was so fascinating. Like there's a whole world in wine, um, that, that is so interesting and fascinating. Uh, so, um, I've really got like a billion things I really want to do at the moment and I'm just keen starting this new project and, um, I'm overseas trying to find a way to support myself in this digital world. 
And it feels like the things are just piling up. Like I've got so many things on my mind. And like you said about the burners, you can only um, focus on one thing really well at a time. Um, and humans weren't really built to multitask. So do you have any suggestions on um, when you have like a mountain of tasks, how to, how to go through, how to get through them and feel like you're actually getting somewhere um, and how to prioritize everything? There's actually a really good quiz um, that helps, particularly if you're a person who's embarking upon a, a business or starting a YouTube channel or doing some sort of creative side hustle. It's called the, hang on, let me see if I can get this right. I think it's called Business Archetypes. If you go to flourishonline.com.au, uh, there's a quiz there and um, it will tell you what your business archetype is. So there's, I think there's about 12 of them. There's ones like the jester where mainly, you know, you're all about making people laugh. There's the creator where, you know, you're the most happiest where you're always creating things. There's the lover where everything is based around love and nurturing and that kind of stuff. Um, and there's some really interesting results in there where it tells the different types of business archetypes the way that they can focus on particular things that they're going to do and get them done. So there's, there's kind of different ways that you can do that. And it's also, um, it's another really good uh, reference to this kind of thing is uh, Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. Are you familiar with that? It's really, really good. So it's a, it's a book that's about uh, the, the ways that different people find motivation. So there's, I can explain it really quickly because it's really quite fascinating. So there's upholders and they respond to inner expectations and outer expectations. So if they set a task for themselves, they have no problems achieving it. And if someone else set, sets them a task, they can also do that. Uh, obliges only respond to outer expectations. So they have a lot of trouble responding to their own inner expectations. The next one is questioner and a questioner will respond to both inner and outer expectations, but only if they truly understand the purpose behind them. Um, so the, that, that's the whole questioning thing. They'll be like, well, why am I doing this and what's the point in it? And then the fourth one is rebels and they don't respond to either. They have um, rebels are quite fascinating. They kind of just do things whenever they feel like it and no one really knows why. Um, but yeah, so that, that's just them in a nutshell. So that's another really good way of figuring out if you do, if you read any of the, she, she has a couple of quizzes. So it's Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. You can do a quiz on that. And then once you find out, what your tendency is. So for instance, if you do the quiz and find out that you're a questioner, you'll know that you can get anything done as long as you understand why it is that you're doing it. Okay. So Sorry, it's a way so, to kind of analyze your own behaviors and then uh, I guess yeah. manipulate that so that you're getting the most output from yourself. Exactly. And so for instance, obligers only respond to outer expectations, not inner expectations. So if you find out that you're an obliger, the best way to get things done is to get other people to hold you accountable for doing things. So in your case, for instance, I mean, I, I have no idea what your tendency is, but if you are an obliger and you want to get a YouTube channel done, what you do is you get, you know, your friend to set you a deadline of when the first video is out. Um, you need to have it recorded and edited and ready to upload. And if you don't have it done by that time, they will have, they will give you a consequence. That's where the consequences come in. So like I'll need to give him like 500 bucks or something. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll get it done. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. So that, uh, what was the name of that book one more time? Uh, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. 
so I, I'm just jumping all over the place, but I recently recorded an episode on morning routines mm-hmm. and I'm super curious, what's your morning routine? Oh, it's, um, it's very set in stone. It's the same all the time. So I, uh, I get up at 6.35 and then I get dressed and go to the gym and I go to F45, uh, which is just down the road from me. Then I come back and I have a shower. Then I make my partner a cup of tea and then we have a cup of tea and then I'm sitting down at my desk always by nine o'clock, fully showered, ready to start my day. And my day could be writing for myself. It could be writing for someone else. It could be doing patterns and videos for Crochet Coach. Uh, So my days are all different, but as long as my routines around that stay the same, then um, yeah, that, that is kind of the one thing that keeps me super, super focused. So yeah. And I always start my day with exercise, just always. Sounds like a good move. Yeah. So you do that um, kind of like pretty much the first thing in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm up and at the gym and also I, I, um, I don't eat breakfast until kind of way later in the day, uh, because before I was pregnant, I was doing intermittent fasting and I'm not doing it while pregnant cause it's not super safe to do that. But I've, um, I don't have a stomach for food in the morning anymore. So my mornings don't really revolve around eating or any of that I'll I'll drink water definitely um yeah and always you know have a shower (laughs) and um, get and I and I get properly dressed every day as well or otherwise I can't really concentrate that that sounds really weird but I know a lot of people that work for themselves and end up wearing yoga pants all day but I can't I always feel like I'm like on the way to the gym if I'm wearing yoga pants and I can't quite settle into my day I have to be properly you know wearing clothes and shoes and makeup and stuff makeup and stuff yeah that makes sense so um obviously we've spoken about health and fitness quite a bit and the role that it plays in in being effective um do you when you when it comes to like planning versus action sometimes i feel like i plan too much and do like i don't take enough action or i or i don't really like feel like i'm doing as much as i feel like i can uh do you have any tips on you know goal setting or planning or taking some taking more action rather than just kind of over planning yeah implementation of planning is really hard and honestly that's something that I struggle with as well because I love planning like give me a notebook and a pen and I'll just sit there all day and plan the most grand things I find putting things in my diary of actually launching things works really well and also getting other people to hold me accountable. Um, So again, like what you were saying before, if you don't do a certain thing, then you have to pay someone 500 bucks. Uh, I've got a friend who um, is very, very good at giving me very scary financial consequences if I don't follow through with things. Um, That's actually how I get up and exercise in the morning because I do um, F45. And as far as uh, that's the, um, the exercise classes that are kind of available all around Australia. And in terms of gym memberships, they're really quite expensive. It's something like 55 to $60 a week, which is a lot of money for exercise. But if I'm not and if you cancel, they charge you a $20 cancellation fee for a class. And that is my biggest motivation is wasting money. So I know that about me. And I know that if I throw money at something and if 
not following through with it is going to cost me money. That's going to get me over the line. So I think it's all about you find, and I know that that doesn't apply to everyone because I know a lot of people who pay like a lot of money for a gym membership, they don't care. They're like, I I don't care. Like I I don't want to go and paying money is not going to make me go. So it's all about finding the pain point and um, the worst consequence for yourself and trying to apply that to not getting that thing done. Yeah, I've got a friend that recently dumped like a couple grand on going to Everest and that's what made him actually train for it and get there and he had like the most amazing life-changing experience from that. But then again, I know other people, like you said, that are happy to just flush down that gym membership if it means they don't have to go to the horrible gym anymore. Um, So it's funny. It's very interesting and you're right. It is important to analyze your the type of person you are. But what about when you feel like super lazy? What about your, you're just, you're not feeling it that day. How do you get over that hump? How do you like get energized? For me, what I do is I have a cold shower. Uh, but, but what do you do? Do you have any things that um, might work for other people? Uh, sometimes, and this is actually something I've had to deal with, um, quite a lot since being pregnant. Cause uh, I mean, like I've had a, an unbelievably easy pregnancy so far, but there have just been days where I've just been feeling low energy for no real reason other than I'm growing a human. And sometimes you just need to kind of sit quietly and not, you know, do, do too many things. But, um, I'm very, very bad at allowing myself time to rest and allowing myself to have slow days. Uh, and sometimes I actually just think you don't have to hustle. You don't have to hustle every day. That's not realistic. Uh, you, you can have slower days where, you know, you feel lazy and you don't want to go to the gym and you just want to eat chips for dinner. And that's cool. You know, you can do that once a week and that's fine. The problem is when you start doing that every single day and it becomes more of a habit. Um, it's the same with when you get sick and you fall out of your regular exercise routine, getting back into the exercise routine is really hard, but you just have to break through that barrier and, and get back into the good habit of doing it. Otherwise it does become a thing that you keep doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it is that it's just that tipping point and it's just about just being disciplined enough to say, okay, it's once a week and sticking to that. Um, and, and yeah, not over idolizing that once a week and, um, just seeing, seeing it for what it is like that cheat day, which you do deserve every now and then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also I, um, uh, my partner and I recently, well, not even recently, it was over a year and a half ago. Now we, we quit sugar, so we don't eat sugar anymore. And, it's unbelievable. Like I cannot even tell you how much more energy I have. It is crazy. And because we both do it, it makes it really easy because one of us isn't, you know, cheekily sneaking chocolate into the house or, you know, having, you know, cheeky treats and sugar because we went so hardcore on it and stopped having it and felt so amazing that we just almost never have it anymore. And now when we do have it, it tastes like blood it tastes really coppery. Like it's not, it's not a pleasant thing. So I have a lot of people being like, Oh my God, you never ever eat treats anymore. And I've gotten to the point where they just taste gross. So it's, it's, I I don't have to idolize, um, as you were saying, you know, these, these treat days or these cheat days anymore, because, you know, every time I've eaten sugar in the last year, I've been like, Oh, that's really, really gross. So it's, um, you can actually change, pleasure into pain quite easily um just through that consistency i had a similar experience when i stopped eating meat for a while i i decided that i was just going to try you know just vegetables and fruits and stuff and i really started like enjoying things that i really hated when i was a kid like even things like brussels sprouts which was like the worst thing in the world 
once I started getting used to <laughs> just vegetables, I started like loving food. this stuff and, and just absolutely demolishing it. And when it comes to sugar and things like that, I feel like I wasn't eating sugar just naturally for such a long time. Like I just wasn't eating. It wasn't something I was trying to do. It just wasn't in my diet. And then I had like, I remember this very vividly. I had one chocolate bar one time and then it just spiraled out of control for the next six months. I was like out of control (laughs) and it was just literally just one step at a time until it just takes over you. So it's important to kind of recognize these things. And, and like what we were talking about at the very start of this chat, you know, it's a long-term process. So cheat days or having that dirty meal every now and then is okay um, in the beginning to kind of get you off stuff. But in the long term, ultimately, you don't want to be having any of that stuff because it does at, in the, at the end of the day affect your future self as well. So it's kind of like baby steps, one step at a time. If you don't go to the gym at all, if you go, if you start going to the gym, you know, um, once a week, it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? Um, and then slowly, slowly working on improving yourself. Yeah. And also on the topic of um, moderation, I think uh, particularly in current times, moderation is misunderstood by a lot of people. They, a lot of people will think, you know, moderation is kind of having just like a small treat every day and having treats every day actually isn't moderation. So it's, um, I think, I think we've normalized uh, eating pleasurable foods and normalized eating processed foods and packaged foods and giving into our pleasure centers, um, which I think is, is fine but it's it, that that's, you can't really maintain a healthy lifestyle if you think that moderation of anything is every day yeah I think it, the, everyone's perception of moderation is different uh, yeah. so I guess what I think is right might not necessarily be better than what someone else thinks is right but I think I just think if it's if you're doing damage to your body then you're not really doing things in moderation. Like if I have one beer every year, for example, that's not really, that's not a big deal at all. That's like the one, one end of the spectrum. But then if I have one every hour, it's a huge deal. And you just need to find where you sit in between and what you think is acceptable. But if you make the wrong choice, you're really just messing up yourself. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's full on and interesting. I'm liking this chat. Um, So, uh, if someone's just listening to this chat and they've decided to become a self-improvement junkie or they've just been like, I've never heard of Carly or this podcast before and I want to get involved, how can they get in, get in touch and how can they listen to your show and find out more? Um, do you have anything coming up? What's going on in your realm at the moment and how can people get involved? Uh, yeah, so we've got um, – we just finished our last season, which is – I think our next episode is going live next week. Uh, we have um, – we've been doing a lot of stuff on um, similar things like Four Burners Theory and um, other people's theories and discussing, you know, w- whether or not they're they're useful to your life. Um, yeah, we've got we're, – we're planning on doing some live shows at some point in the future. Um, if you d- – yeah, yeah. So we um, – because we've got – We've we've got a, a decent group of um of people that listen to the show and the problem is is that Kelly is on the other side of Australia so she's in Perth and I'm in Melbourne um so we're we're very rarely in the same room at the same time but that's um yeah live shows are something that we're super super keen on and um you know perhaps running some workshops eventually but uh our if you want to listen to Straight and Curly you can find us at straightandcurly.com and you can follow me on Instagram I'm at Smaggle S M A G G L E 
Uh, I'm also at Crochet Coach if anyone wants to learn to crochet. Uh, and Kelly is at Kelly Exeter, which is E-X-E-T-E-R. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today and thank you for all these wonderful tips that I'm sure will improve so many people's lives. <laughs> no worries at all. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Good People Effect podcast. All the show notes and all the information on this episode can be found on goodpeopleeffect.com. It's my brand new website. I've just thrown it together and it's got all the information on all the other podcasts. So if you've missed any, you can check them out there. It's also got some other cool things about me and kind of the work that I'm doing at the moment. So please head over to thegoodpeopleeffect.com or goodpeopleeffect.com, whichever you prefer. And like I said earlier, if you haven't had a chance yet, please check out my new YouTube channel, Today Dreamer. It's all one word and it just kind of um, will give you a bit of a, an idea of what I'm up to and where in the world I am at the moment. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode on the first of the month. Cheers.